All aboard! We watch Train Master, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all. We need to hurry. You took over a railroad without knowing anything about trains. You got rid of all the people who did, and now you want me to hurry. You didn't follow safety procedure on the implosion because of your ego. And you didn't tell the right people about the runaway train when you should have. Because of you, my grandchildren are at risk. And if anything happens to them, you're gonna wish you never were born. You think I don't know that? My son's on that train too. Then let me do my job. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven and joining me as always is Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well. Uh, this was a fun movie and I'm glad to be here. Good. And of course, joining us as usual is Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that talking through this movie will help me sort th that question out. As far as I'm concerned, this movie is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it is the 2008 film called Train Master, which is uh, a family slash uh, kids movie that takes place uh, a lot of it in West Lynn and Willamette and uh, on the tracks. Uh, and we've, I'm so excited to talk about this. I watched this uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I'm just going to keep all these feelings to myself. And I could not. And I just did basically a live tweet of the movie as I was watched it. Cause I was so excited, but I will, before I jump in, how did you guys feel about 2008's train master? Brian, why don't you go first? Oh, <laughs> so I, I, mostly liked it uh considering the uh <clears throat> the budget and the source material like it's it's a local indie kind of movie and uh it's pretty like lifetime hallmark channel kind of feel uh mixed with runaway train uh with uh john voigt and and uh, rebecca, rebecca de mornay uh but uh but all set around the portland area and if you're a train lover this is your movie <laughs> this is yes this is every grandfather's favorite movie totally. <laughs> uh, so totally, brian what about you it totally felt like uh um grandpa makes the room for kids <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and when so when you first uh, sent us a link to this movie, Brian, uh, and you kind of just picked this picked this movie out of a hat, basically, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, so I really wanted uh, a Christmas movie or a holiday themed movie, um, being the month of December right now as we are recording. Um, and eventually, I decided that there wasn't really anything appropriate in our list. Um, and so I, I figured we would just go for something Hallmark Channel-esque, uh, a feel-good story, uh, much in the vein of how Sarah got her wings uh, from last year. Um, and so this, this seemed family-friendly enough to be maybe an uplifting holiday-themed uh, piece. Um, and of course it had nothing to do with the holidays, 
Um, but I will say that uh, in, in um, looking at all the actors in this movie and all the other things they have done, I did uncover another Portland Christmas-themed movie, um, which uh, I guess we'll have to wait 12 months uh, to review now. Oh, wow. But I will leave you with this <clears throat> tease. Um, so I did find from 2015 The Weather Outside. Um, and the plot description is as follows. Max finds himself separated from his family on Christmas Eve. He ultimately comes to the conclusion that his wife has left him and taken their children along with her. One year after the disappearance, he begins to discover that he might not have one, that he might have one last risky chance to get them back. Wow. So mark your calendars, uh, <laughs> December 2021 on Portland at the Movies. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Um, well, so so yeah, you sent the link to this movie after we, we, there was another movie that we really wanted to, and I don't remember the, the title of it now, but it was, it was like only available as a collector's VHS tape for like $80. Oh yeah, we're going to um, save that. That'll be yeah. a, a double feature sometime soon. That'll be that'll be for our 100th episode. Oh, this is, I believe, this is our 50th episode. Wow. Huh. So we have not done 50 movies because we've had a couple uh, special guests and, and other things and live shows and stuff like that. But yes, this is the 50th episode of Portland at the Movies, which is pretty great. So... Congratulations to us! Yay! <laughs> but you'd sent this link over, and I I quick uh, clicked on it to you know to see if everything worked and stuff like that. And I think in the preview that I looked at, there was something going on with the audio, so like the audio wasn't syncing up, and it sounded real bad. And I was like, oh no, this is gonna be one of those like time. This is gonna be the room with just or birdemic with you know bad audio. So like. The bar I was going into was kind of excited for one of those really bad movies. But then I was quickly won over because this movie, like Mark mentioned, is uh, like a low budget, you know, local indie type film. But what they were able to do with what they had was really, really great. I mean, there are some camera crane moves and there are moving trains and bridges and... (laughs) They were, and I looked up, I didn't do go too deeply into the creators, but um, the guy who made this movie um, does not seem to have done a whole lot else. He's got a couple other credits, but like for this being the only thing that he's directed for the most part. Yeah, this was, was his sh- first feature film. Yeah, it was I, shockingly competent. Yeah, I think he's done some, some like uh, corporate related <laughs> stuff, not commercials, but like other other production stuff so he had a, had a full crew and right. um and he had the it, right as the credits roll towards the end um it talks about the uh the dedication of this movie um yeah and so this was dedicated to his son uh douglas stephen bransom who was seven years old when he was killed and he was killed uh by a uh, a neighbor uh, accidentally uh, he got in front of their SUV as he was exiting the driveway and rolled over the the child and killed him and the community was devastated they had a big funeral with things but this boy uh, Douglas who was seven when he when he was killed loved trains and so this was his father's homage to 
uh, you know, his, his dedication to his his boy who had died uh, about two years before this film was released. Uh, incidentally, his, his, uh, he was already working on this project before that incident happened, and so it wasn't entirely inspired by that event, but uh, 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 I guess that's about it. Yeah, no, I, yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty tragic backstory. Yeah. But what what I did, what this, what this movie is, it has all my greatest things. It was competent enough that you know it was it was not, it was not a labor to watch. Um, but it was still there was still some great amateur mistakes and all those things that we kind of love finding in the B movies. But it just had tons of heart. And it is just so pure. And I think that's part of what I reacted yep. to as well as it's just and and not just like in the care of how it was done. But like you could tell this guy loves and knows a lot about trains like this is yep. not a I'm faking the things that I know. Like the, there's a big thing about model railroads and like the model railroads in this were breathtaking. There's one of downtown, the downtown Portland train station with the city behind it. That's all a scale model for it. And it like, I gasped. It was, it was amazing. So there's a club in town that maintains that it's the, the Columbia Gorge model railroad club. Yeah. Uh, And they're located in North Portland. I've been to their show before years ago and uh, they're phenomenal. They've canceled everything for 2020 because of pandemic. Sure. But um, once they open again, they do an at least an annual show. They might do it twice a year. And it is absolutely worth attending and, and checking out. It's really cool. Isn't there another model railroad club that's uh, not far away in Stark, <coughs> uh, like across the street from <coughs> Tabor Space? Uh, that might be true. There, uh, I know that the one used in this movie was the Columbia Gorge one, but uh, there's there's quite a passion. Oh, there uh, it is! Locally. It's flashing on our screen right now. Yeah. That is just so. It's really so really great. Cool. Well done. Peek into Grandpa's barn where he has his miniature train set. It's it's meant to be that this is Grandpa's barn that has like all these huge things. Um, and the kids sneak in there and they show like the sections of the model town or whatever that that move so that you can get up in between it, you know, to fix the tracks or whatever. And there was parts where they were coming in and out of that that were just so, so fun to watch. And like this this scene that we're what we're seeing, um, it's just a shot of Willamette Primary School. And they there was a full on beautiful crane that like went to get those kids on the step and like was sweeping around the school and like just little touches like that and I have a feeling that because the director um, has some sort of background in media and stuff like that he knew enough to know to hire people who knew what they were doing yeah like a lot of the times in these cases like where it's just some guy making a film it's that guy trying to do everything or trying to figure out everything and I just felt like Every person in charge of the thing that they were in charge of was good at what they were doing. Agreed. Um, Tell you what, though, uh, finding out the backstory from from this film, uh, it just kind of takes the wind out of your sails from wanting to uh, dump on it. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, really. Well, but the, the the great thing to me about this movie is the things that I took like six pages of notes to dump on. <laughs> is that like? I don't feel like I'm holding that against the movie. Like it only increased my joy about it. And like, I don't feel like the things that uh, we're going to talk about were done in a way that like 
makes them stupid or dumb or like no. it's just it's all part of just the wonderful the wonderful little experience of this movie i'll say that if the three of us ever decided to make a film like i would hope that this is the level of quality that we could achieve <laughs> absolutely totally yep. totally yeah, and I've... i hope it's about trains <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did have the thought uh, watching this movie uh, when they go to um, uh, someone. Oh, is it called the steamers? The the trains yep. that you can ride down in Malala. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really want the three of us for our next like um, podcast crew photo. The three of us like all in a row riding that train. That should be our you know our podcast photo. That um, would be so great. Now is that in Malala or is that in Canby? I thought for some reason the there's a unless there's another little tiny train place that's also in Canby, which could be the case. Uh, it's out. It's actually out east of Malala. So um, uh, it. The address is Malala, it, it, okay. but it's, you know, down in that Malala can be zone. And I've always wanted to do that, and, like, I has still have never gotten the chance to, yeah. to go there, and that place looks so cool, too, it, and was, like, very featured. Yeah, it, it really was. Uh, so it's called the Pacific Northwest uh, Live Steamers uh, are the – is the club and it's a nonprofit organization. That sounds like it's, something you should Google on uh, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, it's free. It's open to the public. Um, they are still doing uh, uh, tours and, and things during COVID lockdown. And so um, because everything's outdoors and they've got restrictions in place and doing all this stuff and uh, they operate by uh, donation only. So uh, check out their website and, and uh, find out more information about them. But Nick and I went to a a <clears throat> a similar place in Southern Oregon called Train Mountain that has the same scale trains hmm. and rode around on them and it's so much fun. It's <laughs> I really, remember really, you sending me a picture yeah. of that. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, these are yeah. scale trains, I guess. So like, like what one quarter scale? One car equals one yeah, person. Kind I, of. I don't know the scale specifically. I think it's like one eighth or something like that. Yeah, uh, but you you ride basically like you are a giant uh sitting on the top of the train and <laughs> and uh they've got real steam engines sometimes they've got a, electric uh versions as well and uh they're super fun the uh the one in malala has about one mile of track uh around there and uh just just under five thousand uh feet of track and so a really great place to take the family well enough preamble todd why don't we get into and uh, why don't you tell us what this movie is actually about okay this movie is about uh a grandfather who works for the railroad uh the railroad the willamette something or other uh railroad company who gets a new boss in the form of this young um, this young, purely evil person from New York City who comes, whose father is the owner or whatever, so he just get he kind of just gets this railroad and comes in and wants to do all the evil corporate things we see in movies. Uh, and is just basically one of the most evil characters that I've ever seen in a movie. Um, so he fires Grandpa from the railroad and um, there are also a group of four 
uh, four children in this movie. Grandpa's grandpa's uh, grandson and his four friends, who at some point during the movie, this movie, get onto a train, uh, a train engine, and get the train started and cannot get it stopped. So uh, the bulk of this movie is trying to rescue these children, who now include the son of the evil corporate boss who is kind of the the bully for the other kids, but they're all trapped on this train now and they're trying to figure out uh, how to save the children from this runaway train. And cue runaway train by Soul Asylum. (laughs) (laughs) This movie also had, and, and this is one of my biggest problems with this movie, is that it was given such an amazing gift that I thought was fumbled. And that gift was the 2008 implosion (laughs) of the Trojan Trojan nuclear power um, cooling tower up in Southern Washington. And this movie was able to film that for this movie and then completely did not make that the dramatic conclusion, but instead just sort of threw it in there halfway without even giving it a countdown and just sort of poo-pooed it and then went on to some other thing and i was so disappointed they they tried (laughs) they tried but they uh, did i agree they failed yeah this movie did not know how to stick the landing no it uh they tried to use that in that the runaway train was headed towards it was on the tracks that were headed next to that uh, Trojan power plant cooling tower and the cooling tower was being imploded which would destroy the tracks and these kids would be headed towards the pile of rubble that was on the tracks and die. At first they tried building it up to where the train was going to be coming by at the same time as the explosion and like the whole thing would just blow up. Yes, uh, but then <laughs> that that happened, and then the train was still like an hour out. <laughs> <laughs> totally, exactly. Like, and they, it could have easily been done that like you just time it to happen at the same time, and like, yeah, it would have been so easy. But instead, they just kind of threw it out there, and then like, yeah, they were like, oh, it's okay. They're they're still very far away from the danger, and <laughs> yeah. everything is and fine now. Let's call the SWAT team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. There's a runaway train and like the, the actual SWAT team dressed in SWAT gear shows up. And then, yeah, and then they tried driving alongside the train with the SWAT team member who's going to jump from the truck onto the train and he completely And he misses! It. I gasped and shouted out loud because I could not believe that guy missed jumping on the train to save the to save the children. But let's back up a little bit. Uh, so as this movie begins, Grandpa gets fired, um, and Grandpa. I don't know. Do do they all live together? Grandpa and Mom and Grandson. Do they all share? No, no. Okay. Grandpa lives in his uh, own his own place, and we we learned that because at one point, Mom goes over to. Uh, look after grandpa and she's like you've really let the place go and he doesn't answer his phone and everything but yeah <laughs> but apparently so, yes. the, the dad has died though we and we don't know how it's all very mis- it's only just yep. sort of mentioned like one of the kids is like shut up man his dad died and like that's all <laughs> that's, that's all, all we, get. we get to know but so there's the mom who uh i'd say out of all of the characters is probably most thinly drawn 
and she is, I think, meant to be kind of a harried, you know, single parent, obviously, trying to juggle all these things, but all we're shown is just a constant <clears throat> stream of bitterness and negativity that seems completely unwarranted to anyone. So, Mark, I uh, sent note, you an, an so audio I, file, and this is simply, this is almost all of all her, dialogue her dialogue in the entire <laughs> movie. There was, yeah, there was one clip of her, like, giving her farewell to her daughter who was on the train, but uh, here, here's that clip of the mom. Dad, you invited me for dinner, and I'm doing all the cooking. Just a few more minutes, Mom, okay? Okay, a few more minutes. I'm hungry. <laughs> Dad, didn't we eat here just last week and two days before that and two days before that? <laughs> I don't like that diet. What, salad? Whatever you young folks are calling it these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's called salad, Dad, and it's not diet food. <laughs> Thomas? I've got two tickets to the Pacific Coast Model Train Expo. One for me and one for you, buddy. Dad, can't you just take him to a baseball game or something? When can we ride on your train again, Grandpa? Yeah! I want to drive your train again. Still can't believe you let him drive the train. Dad? You took him to steamers again. Thought we agreed on the circus. This is getting unhealthy for you and the kids. Dad, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I can't believe you guys want to come here again. We missed the train. And Grandpa. Dad, why haven't you returned our calls? We've been worried about you. <laughs> Dad, you have really let the place go. <laughs> okay, give me a radio. I need to talk to my dad. He, he needs to let the SWAT deal with this. He shouldn't even be out there. <laughs> Yes. So I don't know what her personal vendetta against these grandchildren spending so much quality time with their grandpa that everybody is enjoying with these trains and she's trying to get them to go to the circus or to the baseball game and she is just it doesn't make any sense and it's so wonderful. Killjoy. Oh, dad. And she did that thing with that there was that whole salad exchange where She's just eating a salad, which is fine. And, gra and Grandpa's like, oh, is that what the kids are calling it today? Salad? And I'm salad. like, when have they never, when have they called it anything other than salad? <laughs> what is happening? His Grandpa sits with a just a plate of French fries. <laughs> All four of them have salad, a plate of salad in front of them. And the Grandpa just has a plate of French fries. <laughs> and then there's a whole discussion with the kids about is salad a vegetable, which was pretty amusing. Um, they also, excuse me, they also introduce a Chekhov's train whistle at the beginning of this when the son and the grandfather are at the uh, train oh, table right. and the son says, Dad, or Dad, Grandpa, let's come up with a secret code only we, sh we know that will tell us we love you and everything is fine, which of course comes at the very end of the movie with their special five whistle things, which I was, I love that plot device because they use it in Moulin Rouge with the song that they will sing <laughs> when things get bad, just so they know they still love each other. Um, so uh, my favorite line in the movie was immediately preceding uh, that conversation about their special train call. 
Um, and I, I pulled it out and I sent it to Mark um, <laughs> if you, you want to play this line. So this comes right as uh, Thomas is, is talking to his grandfather about their special train whistle, which is going to be five train blasts. Um, but this is the line of dialogue that precedes that. If you blow too soon, people won't hear it. If you blow too late, they won't have time to get out of the way. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Must you sully train master and its purity, Ryan. <laughs> it sullied itself in the first two minutes. <laughs> Uh, the, so the evil guy also does the world's worst spit take at the beginning of this. I think it's in this scene that we're looking at right now. Like he comes in thinking that he made this great deal, and his dad, who is the real owner of the company, says, "You know, you moron, they're suing us or whatever." And like he's drinking water, and instead of doing like the the very the very spray of a spit take, he just sort of like. <laughs> and it just like dribbles out of his mouth, which was so hysterical. Um, there's also uh, another minor character, and that is the teacher, who is um, I think these kids are maybe like in second grade, third oh, grade, something like that. Oh, you mean the teacher from What the Bleep Do We Know? <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh wow! She was nice. uh, apparently sure a enough. bridesmaid. Oh, funny. Yeah, in this one, she is shown um, doing, there's a bunch of math equations on the board, like, you know, five more than six or whatever. And she is simply standing in front of class, filling them all out. <laughs> like, <laughs> she has her back to the class and is talking to herself, going two more than six equals eight. And she goes down and just <laughs> solves them all. And then has this great quippy line when our, when the grandson and his friends walk in late and they go... Look, it's the number one, it's the number one member of the late to class club. And I'm like, <laughs> calm down, lady. These kids are like eight. She does the stereotypical uh, teacher voice uh, as well. She does. She, and she does. Has, like, those, those librarian glasses on the tip of her nose, like she was just really yeah, playing into it. She was school teachered out totally. So the um. The rail, the new young evil railroad owner also has a new son, and they're new to town, so it's the son's uh, first couple days of school as well. And we are, we are shown that uh, he's being dropped off by the dad, and is like, "Dad, I don't know, like this is my first day." And the dad's like, "Ah, you'll figure it out. Walk in, and the first adult you see, just ask them, and like drops that kid off." So of course, the child continues the cycle and becomes a bully himself and bullies the group of the grandson and his four friends for doing various things, um, like playing with dinosaurs, even though it's shown that the bully kid in the very first scene is sitting in the car with his dad playing with dinosaurs. So I couldn't quite figure out that through line, but um, they eventually... Uh, um, oh, one more thing. At some point in that clip of the mom saying, uh, talking about stuff, um, it sounded like there was all of a sudden just a little like Disney scene ending where there's just like da dun dun and like the scene ends. And this movie is full of scenes just not really ending, but just ceasing to go <laughs> on. Like people will just be talking. And then the scene just simply ends, which is, I think, a weakness of the film. I don't think he quite knew how to exit the scenes from one to another, <laughs> which was funny. Um, but the yes, obsession, 
with dinosaurs in this movie is very strange until you learn the connection with the uh, uh, kid who died and his love yes, of because trains he, and yeah, he dinosaurs. Trains. <laughs> trains and dinosaurs. Otherwise, uh, you would think that in the world of this movie that the only interest that any child would have are only dinosaurs and trains. Uh, yes. <laughs> Did anyone think so? Grandpa gets fired by the the evil corporate young guy, and <laughs> Grandpa leaves uh, all mad after he gets fired, and he takes his hat and throws it to the waste basket, and takes his cooler like that he was keeping his lunch in, and throws that into the trash. And I'm like, well, that's like his hat was a branded thing for the company, so I could see like throwing that away in anger but like don't throw your cooler away that was and then he great. and he goes back and fishes the hat out of the garbage <laughs> to take and leaves the cooler there so then he drives we see his truck um he's in his truck and he drives to a railroad crossing and stops the truck did anyone else think he was going to drive himself yes. onto the track <laughs> yes yes absolutely <laughs> But thankfully, he does not do that. He just sets his hat, his company hat, on the rail line and has the train, the train in the distance <laughs> run over it. Uh, Mark, can you bring up um, the uh, 31 minutes and nine seconds? So there are a lot of actors in this movie. Some of them are really great. I thought the kids were there were all by and large pretty pretty great and have looks like have gone on to uh, still have acting careers and stuff like that. Well, honestly, the kids for is how young they were in this movie. They are given a huge responsibility to carry this film. And yeah, and I thought they all did great, but there was still some wonderful just remnants of how, like, with the inexperience of just being a, a child actor. And a script that is not all that great led to one of the my favorite line deliveries <laughs> in this movie. So, Mark, if you wanted to play that. I'll show him. I'll show him. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which was my favorite part. I believe I clapped at that point when I got the second <laughs> I'll show him. Um... Let's see. Do you remember? So Grandpa gets fired, and eventually he picks up a job at the the Little Steamers or whatever that place is called, <laughs> which just now sounds filthy, filthy to me. Live steamers. Uh, so Grandpa gets a work at the at that little train place, and is shown like he. There's a little montage of him learning how to fix the trains, and then he's like driving one of them. And there's a little scene where he's driving now. Picture in your mind, this is these are miniature trains where one human person like sits on one of the train cars and everybody gets their own train car and grandpa's sitting on the engine and there's a guy that is supposed to like pull the lever to switch the tracks or something and grandpa's like <laughs> signaling to him and the guy's like, Oh, I don't I can't uh, what happened or whatever and like doesn't make the switch and grandpa's like shaking his fit and I'm like what was supposed to happen and what didn't happen track to the right track to the right <laughs> yeah here it is he wants and like <laughs> he wants the guy to throw the switch so they can yeah to the right do what go to the right and he, he gets, is switching and the track the track he's like come on 
And I'm like, he's so mad. I'm like, your train, this is a miniature train yeah. that basically goes around in a circle. <laughs> on he's like, I now basically idiots. <laughs> exactly. Ah. <laughs> uh, there was a great little nod. So, um, so the bully kid takes the dinosaur of the grandson and um, steals it and writes this very alarming and rather psychotic, like actual, <laughs> actual ransom hostage note. ransom note that he sends that's like, cut out letters from a magazine and like keep in mind like an an eight-year-old has made this and sends a little picture of the dinosaur by railroad tracks and is holding this dinosaur hostage which gets the grandson and his uh, three friends out to out to the rail lines and onto a locomotive engine and so the grandson's like, well, my grandpa taught me how to do all this and blah, blah, blah. And like pushes a button and we see the train start to move and like the kids panicking and stuff like that. And there is this great reveal that they are not on the moving train. It's the train next to them that starts moving, creating yeah. the illusion that they were moving, which I thought was really, really great. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. and and that was kind of a precursor because then that all kind of happens again, but this time the kids for real get the train started and then can't get it stopped. So now they're trapped on there with the kid bully speeding out of control to at some point pass the Trojan nuclear power plant. Meet at the train yard if you ever want to see the dinosaur again. I mean with no other instruction or like time or date or like <laughs> they just and so they just walk over. They're like, well, it's Saturday. I guess somebody's going to be here. Uh, uh, and then uh, let's see if I can find that um, moment. They also show like as so the kids are on the runaway train and everyone's kind of figuring it out. And, and then they're going to do the Trojan implosion. <laughs> Tro Trojan, Trojan implosion. That's also on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> That's right next to the Wenatchee banana, which is a <laughs> joke no one gets but me. It's funny. Um, <laughs> but um, we're shown some sort of control room for the demolition of the of the cooling tower. And it, it is some like NASA type black room with all these controls. And each <laughs> of the switches has this weird like green post-it note strip thing like hanging next to it. Yeah, there, yeah. there's like all these weird things and it's like... <laughs> is so isn't no isn't that this the switch the switch room for the railroad for the railroad oh yeah. is it i yeah. thought that was yeah. the implosion like NASA's no so th this center. is where they're they control and see all the details of all the trains and so these these are all the switches for the for the trains and then you can see in the background all the lights of all the different segments of rail and and what's on them oh okay but, but yeah, they didn't explain that very well. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, it's a very cool looking room. Um, one of the things I didn't realize and what I thought was so cool about this movie is that they showed um, a little bridge trestle that went over um, like one of the little rivers and how they can turn them with one person using a crank. Yeah. 
That was so neat because they're at first they think it's just a runaway locomotive. They don't know that kids are on it, and so they're like, "Well, we just we need to jump the train," um, and so they just turned one of the bridges perpendicular to the river, I guess, so they could just run the locomotive into the river. And so they have a guy out there with just a big bar, and he turn and they do a little time lapse, you know, with some fun music, and they show the whole bridge being moved back. And it was really, yeah, it was really neat. So did you stumble upon the uh, website that reviewed this film uh, called ObscureTrainMovies.com? <laughs> no. So we should have done a collaboration. This would have been the one time that we could have probably collaborated with this guy. Um, and he just watches obscure train movies. <laughs> and he loved <laughs> that scene and went on about the nice sequence of closing an open railroad swing bridge by hand. <laughs> That's amazing. And I brought up, uh, I should have prepared better, but I have my other computer here that had a couple a couple reviews from those train sites. Now my computer won't start up. But from those uh, railroad enthusiast sites about them, like, and the train, the, the train locomotive used was this one who started its life in this place and went over <laughs> yeah. to there and finally retired and they gave it a paint job and just like, these train lovers just doing their train lover thing about yep. this movie, which was so great. You know why the runaway train in this movie was uh, red, white, and blue? Why? It was oh, painted. I do, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was painted that way for the uh, bicentennial. Yes, yes. A rich history <laughs> this train this train has. So once everybody figures out that there's kids on this train, including the bully son of the evil CEO, um, the bully, the evil CEO is it doesn't want to rehire the grandpa because he's like too prideful or whatever to help, but ends up calling the grandpa and they're like, well, should we tell grandpa that his grandson and friends are also on the train? Oh, Mark, pause it there, by the way. Um, <laughs> the lady. Sorry, I'm watching something else. Um, but they opt the the evil CEO and the other workers at the at the train at the train place opt to not tell grandpa that his grandson is on it. Now, why why did they do that? I had no reason for that other than just solidifying that that guy was evil. Okay, which but. just makes it all the fact that the only reason his character is turned into basically a hero in the last 15 minutes of this movie is because his son is on that train too and he doesn't learn a lesson. He does. He just immediately is like, oh, my kid's on there? Oh, now I'm invested. And that's right. the only turn we're given. It is so undeserved, the turn <laughs> of this character. I was so upset, especially since... Okay, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, as this train is speeding, uh, speeding by, is that... Um, 5933. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So back up even a little a little before that. So the train is speeding out of control and it's going past these intersections, you know, and we're shown this grandmother in a car with her granddaughter waiting for the train to pass and the kids are all holding up a sign that says help and they're trying to get their attention and this is how this grandmother who sees a literal locomotive speeding out of control with children on it, this is how she reacts. Oh, 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 oh,
She's saying it. She's like kind of tucking her hair behind her ear, and okay. her delivery of that line is it was, magnificent. Yeah, it was the Bluetooth thing yes. in her ear. She I was, was talking, that was she, so she she was calling nine one one, but she is still so casual, as if like, oh, like even I was gonna say like, oh, you dropped your wallet, sir, but like even people infused, hey, you dropped this with like more urgency than she does with. <laughs> A call nine one one. So you have to remember. It was so funny. Oh yeah, they, everybody has. To, even one of the kids has Bluetooth. That's all we get. You have to remember the world of two thousand and eight when everybody started wearing uh, Bluetooth, and it became it became a thing. Remember. How I'll, I do, yeah, and I still think of Bluetooth that way. I got, every once in a while, I'm like, wow, people still use Bluetooth because, like, to me, it's still like Windows Media Player or like Real Player or something like that. Because right. even one of the little kid's friends yes. has a Bluetooth uh, speaker in this one. Um, <laughs> there were some great helicopter shots in this, like as the train is speeding away, and like they put the mom on the on the helicopter at some point. So there, and, and I couldn't, did anyone find a budget? I couldn't find one. Um, I saw something that said uh, 350000 Wow. I mean, there is so much going on, and it all looks so good for what it, sh- I mean, for what this movie should be, it just should be utter crap from, like, top to bottom. And it's so, it's so not that, except, I do have to say, the actor who continues to have a career, so he must be better than he is in this film, but who plays the evil CEO guy, was just... it was it, He was terrible in this movie. He um, went on to star in another... So first of all, um, let me just say that uh, looking up all the actors that were in this movie, I came up with, I kid you not, 30 new films uh portland films yeah from all the connections in here that means you have have added 80 movies this month to that because you added 50 last month (laughs) that's so crazy so one of the movies that he went on to star in i am really looking forward to watching um it has a 2.4 on imdb uh the name of the film is population colon two um, and it is a post-apocalyptic film uh, set in Portland. Um, it's uh, set against the backdrop of a post-apocalyptic Earth. Population 2 is about the relationship that ends in tragedy, forcing a woman to struggle in the aftermath. And wow. it looks like a sci-fi channel, you know, original. Um, it's going to be amazing. Wow, that is amazing. I don't know if you want to, Mark, just kind of pick any part of the movie he's in. And then just give it a little taste of, uh, t- maybe at, yeah, at the very beginning where he makes his, get a little taste of his acting. P, when we sign the deal. What a sap. I didn't know it was going to be that easy. I'd have lied to him a lot sooner. There's no way I'll keep the kid on once we sign the papers. 
They're suing us. There's <laughs> that what? terrible, terrible spit. Million dollars plus legal fees. I just got the call. Yeah, so I mean, this does kind of have the uh, episode, the the prequel problem of it is difficult to say a lot of this dialogue in a way that is realistic because the dialogue is not is not very great. But um, for the most part, I thought everybody did did a pretty a pretty good job. Um, what I do want to find is when I add all these locations to the map, I want to be sure to find the Jenkins cutoff. <laughs> the Jenkins cutoff. They say the Jenkins cutoff like a hundred times. We've got to go to the Jenkins cutoff. Oh, meet me at the Jenkins cutoff. We're on our way to the Jenkins cutoff. I'm adding that to Urban Dictionary right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there. So, a couple yeah. of the locations. They, there's Willamette Primary School. There is Westland High School, which uh, is the part where um, the kid gets the bully kid gets dropped off at front. Um, which my I, I take care of uh, a, a child with autism named Colin who goes to that high school, and he was both confused and excited to see his high school in this weird movie about about trains which he also enjoys so there's that um there was an office building that was the front of uh something that was the number on it was 1800 but i it didn't give any other reference Um, what the the corporate office so they have a lot of train yards in in north portland and i believe the building that we're looking at which stands in for the new york eastern railroad incorporated in new york uh is on and i forget like if you go under if you're on that street that goes underneath the broadway bridge what road is that it's not front like front turns into it or whatever nato it could be NATO. Yeah, it's one of those buildings like where the where the old police horse stables used to be. I think that's the building that's on that road that is kind of right on the river there, one of the industrial or not hmm. industrial, one of the office buildings. So, but I haven't I haven't researched that yet, but it, it looks like that's where that is because the New York Eastern Railroad itself is the trade like you see the Fremont Bridge in the background and they're like New York. Yeah. <laughs> Which exactly. Is great. Um, but yeah, a couple fun locations and lots of train footage, like on the train and above the train and like the train going over the the camera and like all of those things, which is really neat. But yes, I, I really just authentically enjoyed this movie for both the, the bad elements that we're kind of pointing out, but also so many of the good ones. Like I just got super invested in like the world's most gentle grandpa movie (laughs) we should give a special shout out to the 22nd street cafe in uh, forest grove um, oh okay yeah i wondered where that was i hadn't looked for that that's in forest grove yeah it's in forest grove and it does appear to be closed now oh that's too bad well memorialized forever in train master now the exciting thing is, is that this movie does have a sequel. Yes. I believe called Thomas and the Train Master or something, because I was confused at first as to why it was listed twice in IMDb, because the movies were so similarly titled. But uh, I, I'm wondering where the story goes after this one for that exciting sequel. 
Um, I have it up, and I will read you the plot summary straight oh, nice. from IMDb. Uh, where is it? Thomas and the Trainmaster. Trainmaster Jeremiah Wilson has kept a secret for 50 years. A clue is hidden along the miniature tracks of his model trains of a long-lost treasure. Wow! Ooh, treasure. So they go Maybe the Goonies route. I was gonna say the Goonies. There was a there was a nice little stand by me nod in here where there was a great shot of like the four kids walking down the the train tracks, you know, and they're standing on the the rails and balancing and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that looks just like Stand by Me, which is so great. Um, but yeah, uh, it, this is the world's most wholesome movie. <laughs> It was a, it was so it was such a delight to watch and and I'm glad that we that completely stumbled upon it out of nowhere because I I think it deserves probably more of an audience than it got and it looks like uh, Phil Branson uh, has some other projects uh, in the works. Oh really? Yeah, because yeah. that was surprising too. I didn't see him uh, a lot of things after this, but maybe he's. Um, been too involved in the train master. I did like how the, the kid was named Thomas too and a nod to Thomas the tank engine. Um, he has something, he's working on something called Giant Killers. Oh wow. Uh, which is about uh, it all takes It all takes place at the steamers and pretends that those <laughs> ra- the, the rail cars are, are real size. sized and we're the giants. Sadly, no. Uh, it is about the 1937 Oregon State Basketball Championship team. Oh, interesting. Mm. Huh. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this was this was shockingly not just competent, but like in, in many places, like above and beyond anything I expected out of a movie this size or of, of a budget like this made locally. So good on him. I, I think he did a great job. Did you notice um, one one random thought I just had? There was a guy, one of the train yard workers in this movie. You see him a couple times. I think he was the one who was fishing and was doing the swing bridge. And he was wearing um, an orange shirt that looked like they had just stuck uh, reflective tape on his shirt. Yeah. (laughs) There he is. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that he he was supposed to be like a maintenance worker of some sort. But, oh, I didn't notice that it's just actual duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it looks like. It's like kind of curled at the end. (laughs) Oh, so at the end of this movie, um, I thought it was strange because the kid. So another way they kind of fumble this, like I wish they would have done the thing where the Trojan plant implodes and there's dust and debris just as the train is going by and we see it kind of all smashed together and then the dust settles and we see the kids, you know, crawl out or something, something like that. But this movie ends with the train out of control and somebody, the, the SWAT team member not being able to jump onto the train and then the parents and, and stuff getting to, to Jenkins cut off and standing there. And then the children are just simply shown walking down the train tracks. Like we don't, that's all we get. We don't get the train smashing through things to slow down. We get nothing except a cutaway shot of the children completely safe after all of this. <laughs> I just imagine that uh, they probably had the train for one or two days <laughs> and they lo- logistically they needed to finalize 
the transaction, you know, and so they had the five blows of the whistle off in the distance that sealed the deal that the train's okay and then they the train had stopped around the corner and then they walked walked off and so um i i think that that was probably a budget or logistics issue maybe but man it was such a just i mean it was (laughs) the definition of just the an anti-climax to see yeah four children calmly walking away from the danger that was the climax of the movie without seeing them escape to hug all their family. And they don't even say what they were able to do to get the train to stop. No. They cut they cut the fuel. Oh, that's right. They they no. they push that one button and then they say, "Okay, here we go." And the kid pushes we'll wait the button. several minutes for it to turn off. <laughs> And that was it. It's like they couldn't even film the train, like, slowing down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I... Uh, they literally uh, that, ran out of was, train budget, and then they had to film the end. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so that was a big disappointment. But then the bully kid gets out and walks up to the dad and says, Dad, I'm so sorry for the way I behaved. And I'm like, this kid has not treated his dad... He, like, he bullies the other kid, but he he's being bullied by the dad... And like then apologizes to the dad before it. I'm like, we're just continuing the cycle. Don't make him apologize for your abuse. I learned it dad. from you, Dad. <laughs> so then we get, you know, everybody walks off um, down the track. All the families hug. Blah blah blah. The kid gives the five whistles to Grandpa to say that I love you. Everything's okay or whatever. Then we get a little you know, wrap up denouement of everyone sitting around a, at a cafe eating and 20, 22nd street station at 22nd street station. Yes. And it's the mom and her two kids and grandpa and evil corporate guy and the bully kid. And I screamed out loud. Are they setting this up for him to be the new dad of the family where the dad died, of the grandkid. Oh, and I'm, I didn't read that at all. I, because they're, 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 they're sitting as a family. They're now reconciled. No, I didn't get that. But either. they're not, the, the, but none of the, the guy other kids and the lady are, there. are not, all the kids are, the, well, all the, the family is there. So the grandfather, the daughter, the granddaughter, the grandson. But there were th- there were two other children on that. Those train. were friends. Yeah, those were yeah, the same friends, friends that have been there the whole movie. No, I, and I realize that, but like, wouldn't this group, if it was just about them all coming together after a heroin harrowing event, this involve was the, reconcil- the other kids? No, this was the reconciliation meal after between the two families that had strife between them. Yeah. And so this was. But he had the stri- evil guy. He had strife between the other kids as the the kids as friends. As the well? evil guy and the grandfather. This is the grandfather's family and the evil guy's family all together. I guess. And so this is this is the kumbaya moment. I guess. And they're all eating watermelon. I I I I was shocked at how angry I was at the prospect <laughs> that they were just gonna like slip this guy in as the new as the new father and husband <laughs> to the daughter in this and, movie. And now even grandpa's eating a fruit. Exactly. Oh, he is. Uh, see, he is. Everybody Treated grows French fries for watermelon. So I believe, uh, if I was reading the credits correctly, uh, that the two boys, the the grandson 
and the the grandson of the grandfather and the son of the evil guy are brothers. Oh, really? True? Yeah. I knew. I I They're, felt like one of them was maybe mm. the the son of someone, but now I can't remember who that was. But but they were. I I believe both of them are still acting in quite big things yep. too. So like for kid, how young these kids were, and like that little girl. That little girl's like five years old. Like I was really surprised at how well she did do. Yeah. Um, but young. but speaking of kind of the lackluster performance of the evil, um, of the evil guy, the evil CEO, he did make. He was in Leverage and he was in Grimm and he was also in something called an Amityville Poltergeist. Poltergeist. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is amazing. Ha. Huh. Um. So the uh, the mother. This is kind of interesting. Um, you guys probably won't know this, but uh, the mother was the voice of the character Rosalina from the Super Mario Galaxy games. Um, oh wow! She's like oh, the wow. space princess. Uh, so f- for her to land <laughs> a character like that for a Nintendo project is actually pretty big. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're looking at the credits here, and there's definitely families. There's the Wilson Wards, who must have been the mom and the son and the daughter, the uh, the, the two kids. And then there's he, a – who's Jonathan Hall? Was he the grandpa? No. Uh, Brett Banner is the evil guy. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong <laughs> – Yeah. I'm looking so, at the wrong – all these people are related. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So the banners are Jonathan Hall. <laughs> what are the odds? Those were real grandparents and a daughter and the kids. Um, <laughs> Aren't those usually and, lit? I guess not. I guess I'm, I don't know what's going on with me today. So Brett Banner and <coughs> Justin Banner are the the evil guy okay, and his okay. bully son, and that's Daniel, played by nope. Daniel Nelson, who's. I assume brother of Elijah Nelson, who is Thomas, the oh the yeah yeah you're right yeah. oh funny, yeah they all did they all did great so ah it was a charming Christmas treat without the Christmas I guess just a lot of empty calories and a lot of fun I thought and and way better than it should have been, uh, given given what it was so I think we could have done la- a lot worse. Yeah, and we oh, yeah. mostly do. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, thank you guys for taking the time to discuss this wonderful little. Is this movie available anywhere, or did we? Um, is it, it available for purchase? It is available it's, on um, the director's Vimeo, Vimeo page um, for yep. oh, okay. dollar ninety nine. Fantastic! Yep. Yes, if you want a fun little family movie, you can do worse than Train Master. Um, so do check that out. Uh, Unipiper, is there anything happening in your neck of the woods? No, no, just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, well, thank you for everyone uh, to, who has listened uh, another year at 50 episodes. This is our either, our, I think, our fourth year of doing this, and we have still somehow not missed a month. So thank you for all the listeners and the patrons who help make that happen. Um, don't forget to check out the map at portlandatthemovies.com slash map. Um, and have a wonderful and festive uh, Christmas and New Year's and holiday season. Indeed. Happy holidays. Bye.